Hi there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'd like to take a moment to announce that we are launching a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash TalkingTolkien. We'll also post it on our Facebook and Twitter. We'd appreciate it if you'd take a moment to check out the Patreon and hopefully give some money. Obviously, you don't need to give. We'd appreciate you sharing our podcast just as much. With just a little bit of extra funding, we'll be able to buy server space, equipment, and other necessities to help our podcast grow. Eventually, our plan is to offer other podcasts about other beloved works and overlooked classics. Thanks, Welcome to this week's episode of Talking Tolkien. It is our second episode in The Hobbit. We're now moving on to chapters 2 and 3, where the dwarves in The Hobbit find themselves amongst some nasty trolls and an unexpected rest in a very nice place. That oddly sounded right together, like almost like alliteration. Anyway, we're going to move on with this episode where we start part 2 of The Hobbit. Enjoy. So, uh, chapters two and three of The Hobbit. Chapter two, Roast Mutton. Chapter three, A Short Rest. Yeah, so um, last that we left our uh, beloved characters, um, you know, everybody had gone to sleep and uh, Bilbo had drifted off and was kind of thinking like, ah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother with that waking up what and happened? making a nice breakfast. And guess what happened? He in did the do it! Yeah. That they managed to trash his kitchen at the same time. Yeah, so like, Bilbo wakes up and then sees like the aftermath of everything, and it's like, oh, it wasn't a dream. All that really did happen. So, he does what any person does after they host a big party, and he cleans up everything, except, as it turns out, the mantelpiece. He is in the middle of making himself a, a nice little breakfast when Gandalf walks in. He's like, great elephants! What are, what are you what are doing? You doing? <laughs> You're supposed to go on an adventure. It's like, uh, remember we had agreed on this before, and then Bilbo was like, uh, well... They just vanished. Yeah, they, they just vanished. And Bilbo's, or, and Gandalf was like, this is why you should have cleaned the mantle, where this letter is here for you, telling you exactly where to meet them in ten minutes. Because don't you know that's where you leave uh, letters is on the mantelpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I love reading or anything that like comes out of Thorin's mouth, or in this instance is written down in letter form, because it shows Thorin's, like speech patterns which are so like important sounding which is so fitting because of course he's a very important dwarf um and yeah it's like you know they he writes him this like elaborate pompous thank you for your hospitality and you know we're leaving at 11 a.m from uh from the green dragon inn well then he starts racing off with nothing yeah. Literally nothing. No he, money, no hat, and most importantly... No, no handkerchief. No yeah. pocket handkerchief. Yeah, so Bilbo, like, at this point, once again, his, like, adventurous nature... Doesn't exist, Well, really. Well, but no, because he, he, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this, and just... Bolts out the door. Bolts out the door. Um, so he's decided I mean, at this with, point. with gen- generous prodding from Gandalf, yeah. but yes. But still, at this point, he's decided, okay, yeah, I'm going to go have an adventure. And he runs all the way to Bywater? 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 Bywater. 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 It's not, Bywater. Even, that Bywater. It's not, it's not even Bywater. that hard of a word. Bywater. I, for some reason, was questioning myself on it. This is what reading Silverland did to me. 
anyway, but yeah, he meets them up at the at Bywater at an inn. And, at the Green Dragon Inn. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, cool, we're gone. And he's he's like, oh, let me explain in depth. And Thorne's like, no need, no. just come. Yeah, no. just... This is the Silmarillion, we're we, not doing that. We, we have a pony for you. Um, yeah, it's and, the smallest pony. So he hops on and they start to ride out. And all of a sudden Gandalf comes on a magical white horse. Sorry, majestic white horse. Yeah. And he's like, here's your stuff, Bilbo. Yeah. And yeah. left all this. And throws a bunch of handkerchiefs at Bilbo and... <laughs> like, poof. Um, but, of course, you know, the dwarves had given him, though, like, a cloak to yeah, wear. Yeah, Dwalin had an yeah, extra Yeah, Dwalin had an extra cloak, and so, you know, Super they, big and manky and musty and they, weird. They, they help their burglar out. <laughs> and it's green, because hobbits like to wear green. Mm-hmm. And he was concerned that people would mistake him for a dwarf, except he don't have no beard. Yeah. Um, so and for a while there, when they're going off into the wilderness, Bilbo's like, "This adventure stuff's not bad." Like you know, they're meals, basically hiking. We're telling stories few, and singing songs. Meals are a few far, like a few far in between, but you know, whatever. This this, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> but eventually, society starts to thin out. Yeah, and in the middle of the night, they're all walking, and they realize that Gandalf is just no longer with them. Like he does. Yeah, because well, he's he's a wizard and he does what he wants. It's an Irish exit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so so they're you know they're the it's it's getting dreary and it's been raining for most of the day and you know Bilbo's been uh, kind of starting to begrudge the fact that he decided to go on this adventure after all and then they decide oh we should make camp just where we are so they do um, but then uh, something spooks one of the ponies and he runs off and gets like caught up in the river and they end up losing a bunch of supplies, including, most importantly, food. <laughs> so, I mean, we can't we can't have this. We and can't have like a measly supper and not enough for breakfast. That's not So and that's when Bilbo sadly reflected that adventures are not all pony rides in May. Yes. <laughs> Which is the most like depressed line I have read so far. So they eventually rescue the pony, but Keely and Feely almost get swept off. And they're wet and they see a a, a light in the distance. And some of them see it, and some of them don't, and they argue amongst themselves as to whether they can see it or not. And then they're like, you know what, let's just go there. Oh, and there was this nice little atmospheric point about there being, like, spooky castles in the background. And Mm -hmm. so they go there, and then they see the light, and it's, like, blazing, and they're like, oh, Master Burglar. That's your job. Here you go. (laughs) And so Bilbo's like, say what? So here's Bilbo's first, like, burgling opportunity. But hobbits are are astoundingly quiet, especially when moving through the woods. Mm-hmm. So he manages to, to sneak up on a party of three trolls, roasting mutton and kind of... Talking gas- like crazy people. Yeah, so yes. basically, like, uh, the, the narrator is kind of, like, hilarious here, too, because he's talking about how, you know, you can tell they're trolls by the way that they comport themselves, and, like, their speech is very crude, and they're, like, wiping their snot on their sleeves and stuff, and they're... Um, you know, eating very noisily and and mess and messily. But their names were what? William and Tom, Tom and Tom. Bert. Yeah, Bert. So once again, we have more like standard English names injected into into the Middle Earth. <coughs> Speaking of Bert, I, I, I actually I worked for a, a prof- an Oxford professor named Bert, and I always thought that was just like a hilariously like I don't know like plebeian name to call someone of such great import. Hey, I mean, his, his, his real name, like everything he publishes under is R.R.R. Smith, which is the most like regal name imaginable. But I was almost named that. R.R.R.? Yep. Are you doing there, Bert? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, and so around this point, Bilbo, he starts to like move up closer to them. Yeah. And, and he's just like, kind of listening to them. And then he like tries to pick one of their pockets and then well, pulls out a 
Pulls it like a wallet. Yeah, because because Bilbo at this point too, he's he's like he doesn't quite know what to do, but he knows that at this point a good burglar would, would do something. something. Yeah, would come exactly. Back something. So he's like, I can't come back empty-handed. So he decides to try and steal William's purse out of his pocket. Yeah. Like the the purse like yells at him or yeah, something. In a very Harry Potter moment, the purse yeah. is like, "Oh, wait, what you doing, mate?" Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like it's like enchanted, so people can't pickpocket it. <laughs> and then that's when William like reaches around and picks up the Hobbit, Bilbo. I don't know why I want to call him the Hobbit right there, but and picks like, up Bilbo and is like, "What do you got there, mate?" Sorry, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I take that back. I'm not going to do that. In this again. episode, we're just going to do our worst American impersonations of other accents. Of I'm not, what, yeah, of what we think. I almost tried to do an Australian accent for what, some reason. What is this there? Oh, I'm a burglar Hobbit. Oh, a what burr- are you, call- Hobbit. A what are you calling there? You know, which yeah. we have this great exchange, which you know demonstrates it. So, I mean, like the trolls. This this whole scene like demonstrates how kind of I mean they're like you know they'll they'll go after you but they're not all that smart um, so yeah uh, the tr- the troll of course they don't know what a hobbit is but they but they think he's a burra hobbit because of because uh, Bilbo first starts to identify himself yeah. as a burglar and he's like wait that's not a good idea which is dumb, also dumb. like at this point we notice yeah uh, Bilbo has not quite understood how to be a burglar yet. So he's a burr-a-hobbit. <laughs> and so they start arguing amongst themselves. And by this point, the dwarves realize that Bilbo has not returned, nor has he made the the two howls of a barn owl and the one of a screech, screech owl or something. Yeah. Which Bilbo wasn't even sure that he could hoot like an owl anyway. That was their uh-huh. safety call. So they start to, they start to come up. And uh, eventually, Bilbo breaks free because I don't remember how. Well, so the, the the dwarves come up one by one, and the trolls capture them by yes. you know. Well, like hide. Well, they hide, yeah. and then they capture them, and then like Bilbo's like hiding off by and himself. They've, they've forgotten yeah. about him because troll, trolls just hate dwarves. Yeah, and so they're 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 covering them with sacks and tying them and up. tying them up. And so eventually, like we're just down to Thorin, and Thorin and like knows something is up, and so. He, like, goes, and he goes straight to the fire and grabs, like, a burning beam and, like, stabs uh, Birch or Tom in the eye. And then they get real mad, but they manage to... He puts up a good fight, but, yeah, in the end they, they, they manage to... They bag to, him anyway. Yeah, bag him head to toe. Um, so now we're in a real pickle because all of the dwarves have been uh, captured and uh, Bilbo doesn't know what to do. Uh, He's just sitting there going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, oh, no, I, I, I oh, no. But... At this exact moment when, you know, the situation is becoming dire, who comes back but Gandalf? And Bilbo notices that Gandalf is there. At this point, Gandalf comes back, throwing his voice, pretending to be the trolls uh, to foment discord between them. Wow, that was a very grad school sentence of me. You do that uh, all the It's time. right, though. I uh, mean... Yes. Basically, he just gets them to argue amongst themselves. Oh, what are we going to do? Let's roast them. And then... You know, Gandalf pretends to be like, you know. That's going to take all night. Yeah. Okay, we'll boil well, him. You don't have any water. Cut him up into water. little bits and cook them. And or, eventually, yeah. he he is successful at keeping them arguing for just long enough that the morning sun comes and turns into stone. Because so as everybody it, knows, trolls are, uh, are are daylight intolerant. Well, so yeah, we yeah. all know that. And it's so if, if if they get caught out in the daylight, they will turn back to the stuff of the mountain, which is what they're made of. Yes. Um. So, yeah, thankfully the dwarves have been neither roasted nor minced up nor squashed into jelly. Yeah, squashed into jelly was a weird one. <laughs> they were going to sit on them. They were, they were but, sit on but in what order do we sit on them? <laughs> right? So, you know, again, we have this, you know, trolls, dumb trolls being uh, outsmarted. 
And um, so th- uh, the at this point, they find the troll's cave um, because it's been all night and they still haven't had supper yet. Mm-hmm. So we, we still uh, have not managed to do what we set out to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they managed to find the troll's cave and Bilbo had picked up like a key. They're trying to find a way into the, into the cave. And then Bilbo's like, oh, hey, I got this key back there. And the dwarves are like, why didn't you tell us that in the first place? So they managed to get in there and, you know, find the trolls' food food stores. And some of the uh, various items that they had plundered, including a couple of swords that have beautifully jeweled hilts. And Bilbo even takes a little sort of dagger-sized one. And uh, Gandalf and Thorin each pick, like, a mighty fine-looking sword. They're also clothes, which are not troll-sized, so they're probably from... Dead people, from bones yeah, and people a horrible that smell. The have killed. Yeah, so it smells. They're like, let's get on our way. And then they're like, wait, Gandalf, where were you? And he was like, I was scoping out the path ahead. And he was like, then how did you find us? And he says, by looking behind. They're like, ah, wordplay. So as it turns out, Gandalf was going to Rivendell, which is where they are headed, just to kind of like make sure they were expected and, and that the road was safe. Exactly. And, yeah. Um, so now, chapter uh, three is just like, hey, hey, hey. Going through the woods. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> There's an elf. There's so, an elf. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. So in chapter three, they're basically just walking to Rivendell. And like the path gets a bit unsteady. And then like some dw- some elves pop up. And the elves are just like super jokesters. And like like having fun and laughing and being like, oh, well, this is the way. But the path is treacherous. You should walk until the bridge. And then... They all know their names. Weirdly and, enough, well, yeah. And the the thing about this too, the great thing about this, so you know, they had they're they've been on the on the the way for quite a while now and uh, again, like the the Rivendell is not very easy to find. Um and when they come nearer uh to the place, um Bilbo at the first thing that Bilbo notices is the scent of the elves. Um, that was a weird, weird line. I'm but, imagining yeah. it's like when you walk into an IKEA and there's the scent of like a like a cinnamon apple pie. Yeah. Okay, you went to IKEA. I went to like you go into a bakery and you smell cookies. Well, it's the same smell. It's just real in the bakery and fake. Oh, IKEA. like pumping it in. Yeah. So you're saying like elves are pumping out synthetic scents? Into no, like I'm wood? saying oh. that both elves and IKEA are Scandinavian. Oh, all right, there you go. I think uh, <sighs> that you that Bilbo noticed the smell of like star stuff. I don't know what it would smell like gunpowder but it would be (laughs) (laughs) or he just smelled food and warmth i don't know um but so yeah so bilbo is like super intrigued and yeah we have this like you know kind of taunting song that the elves are singing because again like they see a bunch of dwarves and elves and dwarves don't always get along very well so they're kind of like making fun of of the dwarves and especially of thorin um but but bilbo is like super intrigued he's always loved elves and he's he knows that elves are like very knowing and And he's he's met a few before but never really spent much time with them yeah so like um it makes makes sense because they're like weird gateway off to the western lands are through the shire yeah so it makes sense geographically speaking that there he would see some elves at some point yeah and he loves them but he's also kind of scared of them too because um you know it's sort of like the element of the unknown and elves are very like powerful and intimidating. So as they are crossing the bridge, uh, the elves start singing a mocking song. Thorin, don't drip your beard in the water. It's 
so big already, and if you give it some, something to drink, it'll just grow bigger. Yeah. Bilbo, you're so fat, you couldn't fit through a keyhole, which is a... Okay, I mean, most people couldn't fit through a keyhole. Uh, but especially since he's a hobbit. I mean, and, I suppose, yeah. And the Incredible Shrinking Man at the same time, so mm-hmm. it's a situation I have to worry about later. And then they get there, and we're introduced in concept to Elrond, but he doesn't really actually say anything or do anything. They just say he's he's wise and old. And it was weirdly like a preview of coming attractions and, sort of. Well, and it, it is hinted that Elrond is is. It said there was a time when people still drew their lineage from elves and the, like the brave men of the north. Well, the passage about Elrond is actually I, I I really like it. It's um it the passage about him is it says the master of the house was an elf friend, one of those people whose fathers came into the strange stories before the beginning of history. Hey, we just read those, <laughs> uh, the wars of the evil goblins and the elves and the first men in the north. In those days of our tale, there were still some people who had both elves and heroes of the north for ancestors, and Elrond, the master of the house, was their chief. Um, so again, you know, we'd le- we've learned before that Elrond's half-elven. Um, and so he, Elrond has a lot of history with him. And just by this passage alone, like, we're introduced very, you know, very sh- in a shallow manner to that fact. Yes. So Elrond identifies their swords as coming from the ancient city of Gondolin. Uh, Gandalf's was made for the king of Gondolin, whoever that may be. <laughs> <laughs> and, this, and the sword's name is Orcrist. Yes. Uh, called, uh, or no, I'm sorry, um, Glamdring, the foe hammer. Yes. And Thorin's sword is named Orcrist, uh, which is called the Goblin Cleaver. Um, and Thorin's like, I'm going to keep this so I can slay more goblins. Yes. It's not done with its job yet. And yeah. then and then it says that they spent two weeks in Rivendell and there's nothing to talk about, but mm-hmm. it was happy and they... They, like, recuperate. Yes, and then they were sent on their way with mm-hmm. lightweight food that will keep mm-hmm. them full. And well, also my great understanding about something that's going to lie in their path, which is this moon riding. Yeah. Oh, so, I totally forgot about yeah, that. So, that was really yeah, important. After, after Elrond identifies the swords, next thing he looks at the, at the map and um, kind of, it, once again, like... Thorin is kind of, like, huffy a little bit. He's like, well, why don't I know about any of this stuff? How come, you know, like... So Elrond discovers these moon runes, um, which Elrond, of course, is very learned. He's he's ancient and wise, and mm-hmm. he, he knows about moon runes. Which were invented by the dwarves. Yeah. So you basically can only see them in the light of the moon, but the moon has to be in the same phase as they were written. Yeah, so the, it's, on the same day and in the same phase, yeah. It's very convenient. Um, so... The, the message that he finds translates, Stand by the gray stone when the thrush knocks, and the setting sun with the last light of Durin's day will shine upon the keyhole. And Durin, we learn, is a really ancient dwarf lord and one of Thorin's ancestors. Thorin is very proud about this fact. Of course. Um, and he tells them uh, that uh, Durin's day is the first day of the Dwarves' New Year. It's the first day of the last moon of autumn on the threshold of winter, when the last moon of autumn and the sun are in the sky together. So, like, not only do you have to find this place, you have to find this place on that day. Yeah. So, you know, we have a very narrow... Window. Window of time now, and it's... you know, th- and. It, we very luckily managed to be in Rivendell at Midsummer Eve um, to have been able to even read these moon runes. Um, so, so the t- the clock is ticking. Yeah, the clock is ticking, and we now have tick tock tick. And so they leave, tick-tock. understandably, very quickly after getting that information because yeah, they're we're on a time crunch. We got a we got some burgling to do, and 
we got to get full there and of, do it. Full of food and refreshment, including even the ponies are refreshed. Even the ponies are refreshed because, again, Rivendell is... Except like, for that one that got swept away. Yeah. Well, no, they got funny. him back. Oh, they did? Oh, that's right, yeah. I would imagine, though, that he's a bit shaken up. Yes, probably. Would you not be if you were swept away and lost all of your uh, so, uh, stuff that you were carrying as a pack pony? So, more or less, that's the story. Uh, what are our observations? Well, I noticed a few things. Like, primarily... Like the big one, I, I'm going to say for later, but I, I just have noticed about this narrator mm-hmm. that this narrator is interesting. Mm-hmm. This narrator is a character. Yeah, like, cheeky. Well, okay. There's one particular line I'm going to pull out because, oh my, what the hell? Well, you know who the narrator is, right? Or am I going to ruin this? For you? I don't want to. I think don't, I know, yeah. but hold on. Right. Don't. Yeah, don't say. Okay, it. <laughs> let's just say there's this one part where okay, Summerland didn't have a narrator. No, like no. because it's just like trying to get through. I mean, in, in, in its original form, it actually did. But oh, okay, well, in the original form, it was a history that was relayed to a, a, like an old English man. Oh yeah, we've talked about yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there was going to be a narrator that, but it doesn't quite come through yeah. what we've read. Where this had this like, I mean, it had this line where like Bilbo was coming up to the or to the trolls. And it's like going through and saying like a burglar would have already like stolen everything that they mm-hmm. had by this point while, yeah. while Bilbo's just waiting there. But then it has this like one line, others more practical but with less professional pride would perhaps have stuck a dagger in each of them before they observed it. And I just like had that. And then that the night could have been spent cheerily. Like I read that line. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> or woman or person who is like saying that just like threw that out there like whatever. I may not or have done that. Like it's just like mm-hmm. this great little character moment for the narrator. Yeah, I will. It's just odd. I will definitely be interested to continue to hear your thoughts about the narrator because, yeah. I mean, um, I got the most character out of this narrator in this two chapters. This than is, previously, this is like uh, an AP lit when Mister Burke has to read the plague, and he was like, "Guess who the narrator is? Guess who the narrator is?" And then it was like it was revealed at the end, and I was like, "Oh, well, okay, I see that. I like the plague. You should mm-hmm. read it." But it's oh, it's great. great. It's, yeah. it's the yes. plague is great. Yeah. Um, what did I notice? Oh, I mean, I, I realized we forgot to mention after they raided the dwarves' cave, they uh, dug a hole and buried the treasure mm-hmm. and covered it up and then enchanted it so they could come back later to get it. That way, they don't have to carry all the gold with them. What I thought was interesting is. Um, one, the dwarves, there's like this weird aura of sophistication around them for being unsophisticated beings. Like they have clothes with pockets. Mm-hmm. So clearly like somewhere out there is a troll. I think I said dwarves. Yeah, you've said dr- dwarves a few times. Okay, I was sorry. getting very confused. You mean trolls, yeah. You mean <laughs> trolls. I do that all the time if you've not yet noticed. <laughs> so anyway, somewhere out there, I guess, is like a, a, a tailor that caters to trolls or something. Because, you know, that's just like, he, he presents them as, 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 as unlearned, but there is this, like, bizarre kind of sophistication the way that troll society is presented in this chapter. Well, and not even that. Mm-hmm. Like, even the way they were talk, like, the way they talk, yeah, is meant to be, like, uncivilized. But what they were saying, they were saying some things that was making me going, no, you guys have culture, like, of something. Like, there's some <laughs> culture there. You guys aren't animals. Like... Well, and they all have Christian names, like William and yeah, Thomas and Robert. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything to read out of that just to make it maybe a little more approachable. it's just i mean i i think it's because they're they're kind of silly names too bill and you tom know? And yeah bill yeah. and tom and bert they're silly names for silly other you than know, that I, I don't have a coffee rant nasty trolls but it did say when elrond identified the uh the the weapons that the runes on them were in the ancient language of gondolin mm-hmm. and i'm not sure what he means by that is it gondolin spoke Sindarin, right didn't? Yeah. Mm. Or I, they know. may still have spoken Quenya. Because wouldn't Elrond speak Sundaran? 
I don't know, like... Mm-hmm. Well, no at idea. the same time, though, um, I would I would have to think that the language would have evolved at least some. I mean, I guess, you like, know, Tolkien being a yeah. Again, I, yeah, I, I, I feel like a lot of this stuff, again, I think I said this previously about, like, how Elrond has all this information that instead of just, like, throwing all this deep information at them, he just kind of goes, okay, whatever. Just It was a really ancient language. Yeah. <laughs> I can read it. <laughs> We're all this good. I this whole thing, you can blow up your brain, this but I'm is, not going to do this it. This is true. Yeah. I, tend to, I tend to have the problem where I'll try to explain something. Like, okay, long story short, and then I realize I'm telling the long story anyway. So <laughs> totally understand why Elrond would do that. Um, well, something that uh, strikes out at me a lot in this chapter, again, is... Um, like, we, we still see, like, Bilbo get really excited about things. And even though, like, you know, he, he misses the comfort of his home and there are several times already that he's, like, I, you know, he wishes he was in his comfortable armchair by the fire, smoking a pipe or whatever. Listening to but the kettle then, to scream. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like, when, you know, when they get to Rivendell and they're, you know, talking about all this intrigue and the map and stuff and Bilbo is, like, getting really excited because he loves maps and, uh, and, he, and he, he likes the, the way the runes look because he has practiced calligraphy before, but he could never be as elegant as, you know, something that were written by an elf or something. His so spidery. Yeah, his handwriting <laughs> is, like, spidery. Um, so, I don't know, we just, we, we see, again, uh, why 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 bilbo was motivated i mean yeah gandalf pushed him off the door but really bilbo has this motivation within himself to like break out and have an adventure he needs to push those sometimes (laughs) also i noticed want to break free i noticed something in this too it's like uh after they raid the uh cave there's almost this like brief moment where they like I, I, I just have this like scene in my head. It's not said, which what I've what I've loved about this book so far is there's a lot of things that are unspoken, mm-hmm. but you it, there's a lot of like reading between the lines, but not for like theming, but for like like extra scenes. Like for example, there's like this like brief mentioning of after they raid the cave and then hang out and are like eating and getting happy and then like falling asleep, and I just have this like image of like these dwarves and this hobbit. Like, having a weird impromptu party. Oh, yeah, and a wizard. Impromptu (laughs) party around these, like, frozen stone trolls, like, hanging off of them and eating. (laughs) What did it have? Bread and cheese, plenty of ale, and bacon to toast in the embers of the fire. Just, like, have this moment where, like, yeah, adventuring's awesome. For a a brief moment, one more time, before they have to go out in the wild. And you wonder if they're, like, being kind of silly and, like, would they be like throwing twigs at the trolls or something? You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, like, what, just, yeah, you can imagine. It's just the image of them like potentially like it's not in here at all, but I just this like image of them hanging off of it or like yeah. falling asleep on them or something because it's also like super early in the morning. They've stayed all night trying yeah. to outwit and, trolls. And yeah, that was like you know kind of a victorious moment for them because they managed to not get eaten or roasted or squashed into jelly. And, and much <laughs> like on Twitter, the way to. Uh... To defeat a troll, it's just to wait until the next morning. Yeah, wait, wait till next morning because they'll turn into stone. Is that, that's a that's a good thing to live by. If a troll is engaging, you just wait. They usually just hey, hold off. Yeah. It worked for the company, so it'll work for you. Well, and also when they got to, there was also some nice descriptions of geography in this section about like, especially in chapter three, about like they were coming upon the the Misty Mountains, and I think there was like a moment briefly where they forded a river and mm-hmm. like. Bilbo was like, oh my god, is that the mountain? Are we there already? And they're like, no, 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 no,
miles to go. This is like the gateway to the wild. Yeah. Which, remember, too, for Bilbo, because, you know, as hobbits do, Bilbo has not left his home. Um, This is the farthest away from home he's been. And, you know, this is just the very beginning leg of the journey. And already Bilbo's like, oh my gosh, we're so far away. But they have so far to go. Oh, well, and he was also like when they were leaving the Shire properly. He was Mm -hmm. like, there were strange people with strange customs and strange language already. And I'm like, you're not that far. Okay. (laughs) Like he was a day out. And he was already saying like, wow, these people are so weird. See, yeah, Bilbo is this little guy who is rapidly expanding his worldview right now. He's coming across all kinds of stuff that he hasn't seen before. To be fair, if we walked a day west and ended up in Oklahoma, we'd probably say something similar. (laughs) We'd probably like, yeah, these people are weird. They have strange customs. No, no, no. If we walked a day west and ended up in Oklahoma, we'd say, now, they told me you're a man with true grit, and I need to know who killed my father. (laughs) And then we get our arms cut off, and it's just a bad situation all around. Oh, God. And bit by a snake. Yes. The book doesn't end pretty. We went in a dark direction. It was True Grit. Charles Portis, Arkansas yeah. writer. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's about it for now. I, I, yeah. got, I, got, a, I, got, oh, one, I got one last thing, and it just kind of was like, it seemed like uh, th- there was this brief moment where having read The Silmarillion in here paid off. Mm-hmm. Because when you first meet Elrond, like, well, first off, when they, meet, when they find the weird elven swords in the hole and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There was this moment where it was like, hey, like, if, if, if basically, if there had been a movie for the Silmarillion before this, and this, I imagine just one, like, like lingering shot on these things going, hey, remember these? Well, because, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like, you know, if you, uh, like, most people who read Tolkien, again, this is where they're going to start. So um, you don't really know the history of all these great swords, which we just got done reading the Silmarillion. So you know, you've heard of a lot of swords and all of the great things they've done. So I mean, yeah, I don't remember you, you have any kind of, them, of the benefit. From but that. I know enough of be like, oh yeah, that's some important stuff right in there. Mm-hmm. But also, like when you meet when you meet Elrond and it talks about like referencing all the stuff he's done this past, like I know that. Yeah, like I know what it's talking about. I yeah. know where this guy came from and what's going on. And it was interesting having that, like, being said, like, this guy's not important right now, but he will be in mm-hmm. whatever comes next. And he has been. Well, and, <laughs> and he has been. And yeah. recall also, around this time, I, I, I could be wrong, it might not have crossed paths, but around this time, a baby Aragorn was also kind of being reared in Rivendell. So it's, it's highly likely that, that Bilbo oh, and Aragorn mm-hmm. had crossed right. paths. Yep. Because what, The Hobbit is about 50 years before Lord of the Rings? Uh, about, yeah. And Aragorn's mm-hmm. like 150 or something like that. He's like 110. <laughs> Well, Aragorn yeah. at the time of fellowship, he's old. He's really old. 80. Eighty. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he'd be around thirty. Maybe he's already off yeah. being a ranger. But yeah, it's conceivable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's all those things. Wait, how to much kind time of... takes place between? Oh, right. We know it's like fifty something years. Because yeah. Bilbo's like a hundred and eleven, and he's fifty right now. 50 yeah, oh, so 50. it's sixty. So it's sixty years. There okay. we go. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he's like twenty. Yeah. So you could likely be there you yep. could be like a weird teenager yeah so there are some other kind of things to put in your vague timeline of understanding like the entire I world that's going on I right now I should have brought that book I found last week oh yeah I, last week I found this beautiful Chase Works at a used bookshop I used to work there and uh, I found this beautiful called a Tolkien bestiary and it's mostly illustrated but it has this nice timeline at the front and the spine is broken and it was only like three dollars so I bought it Anyway, I should have brought it this week. Maybe we should scan some stuff up and put it on It's online. pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool book. Yeah. Uh, there was some great art in there, too. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, this had a picture in it. 
Yep. It's chapter out of picture. Yeah, of Rivendell. Yeah. So or of no, the trolls. My, the trolls. My copy had one of the trolls and one of Rivendell. So, I didn't have one of Rivendell. That's interesting. By the way, the um, uh, art in here, of course, is done by the man himself. And um, I really love his oh, art yeah, because that. Um, that was pointless. It's yeah, the, the the one of the trolls is really interesting. It's like very like pointy and liney, um, like almost like pointillism. Um, so, but yeah, there are tons of original artworks out there that you can find from him, and including Actually, those that are. When in all here. the maps, think of it, it's more like a woodcut. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does look like that. Yeah, I had this really interesting seminar from. Uh, Michelle Marancola, the director of um, the conservation center at my school, on like techniques of replication and images, and it was just super fascinating. I became obsessed with lithographs after that. So, because mm-hmm. lithogra- lithography is actually super cool. Like it is really cool. Like watching people do that stuff is pretty amazing. Yes. So uh, we digress. So, what are our favorite parts? <laughs> hmm. I, I don't know. I kind of, gosh, how do how do you, how do <laughs> I how do I pick a favorite part? I mean, this has got a lot of stuff. I mean, it's got. I mean, it's compared to like the Silmarillion, not a whole lot happens in this chapter. But yeah, it's still like enough to be like you got the stuff with the trolls and you got the stuff yeah. with Rivendell, which felt like a hot minute. A hot minute <laughs> they spent in Rivendell. Actually, I guess I'm gonna go with my favorite part being Gandalf manipulating the trolls because, like, remember Gandalf is a wizard and he does have like, you know, sort of Hard power, power. But he's using soft power. But he's yeah. But he Gandalf, um, when he can, would much rather use like wit to yeah. uh, to to his advantage. And this is just one of those great moments where. Um, again, like with the same the the same kind of rhetoric we had with like the good morning discussion and all that, with just Gandalf being his, um, you know, smarty self. Well, it was like that <laughs> part where it's like, where were you looking ahead? Yeah. Well, how'd you see us looking behind? Yeah. So especially with the Gandalf's um, uh, inciting the argument with the trolls, uh, I I always liked that as a kid, and I still like it now. Now that you said good morning, I have good morning by the Beatles stuck in my head. <laughs> that hit me too. What's with that? Good morning. I used to use that as my alarm clock, but then oh, I developed. Yeah. Then I started to develop like an intense hatred of that song, so I was like, I need to back off. I, I, I want you to have an intense hatred. I used uh, for a while there. Um, I'm not gonna say that. Okay. They're not gonna say that. Um, I just my favorite part, honestly, is the fact that I can sit back and read two chapters in 40 minutes and not feel like I skipped anything or it was frantic because the, <laughs> you cannot do that in the Silmarillion and it's just a much more relaxed reading phase. Yeah. Gotta remember we're in an entirely different uh, beast here. We're in a kid's book. <laughs> I liked the moment when when Bilbo realized adventuring wasn't fun. I really liked that for some reason. It actually made me like and That adventuring laugh. is not all pony rides in May. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they talk about it almost being June and as it is now almost June it feels like the good time to have started the book. Oh totally yeah. Time. We are yeah by the way we are and this is you know when the adventure started um, we're going to finish it a lot sooner than our heroes did but yeah this this is well, when they were setting out solid year for them or something like that yeah, it's all, a, yeah the, thrown around that has been a, it was basically a year. Yeah the yeah. events in the hobbit take place over a year. All right. <clears throat> well uh, this is Talking Tolkien. I am John. I'm Katie. I'm Chase. And you can find us online, TalkingTolkien.com. We are Talking Tolkien on Twitter and Facebook, as well as on Stitcher and iTunes. To find us on iTunes, it's a lot easier if you search for Tolkien, because searching for Talking gives you car talk. 
all that stuff, even though Kartok does not contain the name Tolkien in it. Mm-hmm. Still gives you that first. All right. Well, that sounds um, about it. You can also email us. Uh, we are the professor at talkingtalking.com. Um, we love hearing from you guys. Um, tell us what your favorite parts were if you're reading along with us or, um, you know, what just what your impressions are as we uh, continue through our little uh, book club together. All right. Well, thanks. Okay, hold on though. I'm sorry. I gotta use the bathroom real quick. No! (laughs) Okay, let's just cut a whole bunch of fart noises that Chase is gonna have to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna put this in at the end of the episode. Dear listeners, we are not crude. <clears throat> yes, we are. <laughs> That's the chainsaw style <laughs> diarrhea. Note to Chase, please do not put that in the episode at any point. Is there going to be something interesting on this recording that I'm going to find when I get when I'm editing it? Maybe. Okay. <laughs>